Amen. All right, let's jump into this word. Y'all ready to get into the word today? Who loves the word of God? Come on, can I get it a little loud in the house of God? Is that okay? I like a loud church, baby. I like a loud church. Uh, we want to honor and welcome all of you who are watching online. It is so good to have you today, part of this experience that the host said. Uh, I want to shout out my in-laws for watching this morning, and shout out to my son, Dominion Caleb. You better eat your greens, boy. You better eat your greens, all right? Football season's coming up in about nine years, and so we got to get ready. we got to get ready. Open up with me, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31. We're going to have a good time today. I sense the presence of God already in this room, and he's going to do what only he can do. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Amen. And so I look forward to uh, hearing and seeing what he decides to do today. Anybody believe that that heaven's priority for you this morning is freedom? Amen. So we're all going to walk out of this place different, differently than we walked in. Uh, We are closing our series, The Faith for Miracles. Today, it is my assignment to minister a message entitled, The Faith to Wait. The Faith to Wait. To wait, the faith to wait. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, it'll be on the screen. You can open up your Bibles, turn them on, whatever you might want to do. And the Lord, he is the one. The Lord is the one who goes before. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Therefore, you don't have to fear nor be dismayed. I want to break that down just a little bit, if we can keep it on the screen, guys. He is the one who goes before. Say, goes before. He's the one who goes before you. He will be with you. Say, be with. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Therefore, do not fear nor be dismayed. That word dismayed in the Hebrew means to break down. Uh, You don't have to break down. Anybody ever broken down in the break room? You don't have to break down. You don't have to be scared. And this is really good news for us today. The character and the nature of God, he, he is the one who, who, who goes before. No, so no matter what you're walking into this morning, no matter what season of life you and your family might be walking into financially, relationally, sacrificially, whatever it might be, he is the one. He's already gone before you. He's already there. Oh, that's good news this morning. He's already there. He's there. He's waiting, full of grace, full of mercy. He is the one who shall supply all your needs. Come on, right? He is your provider. He is the way maker. He is the one who has gone before you. But watch this. He won't just go before you. He will will also be with you. He'll be by your side. So this is the beauty of the omnipresence of God is that he's already there, but he's also right here. It says in the Bible that his ways and his thoughts are higher. But it also talks about how God is within my reach. Ooh, this is a good nature to God. This is the perfect father. That he goes before, he is above, he surrounds me, but is also always in my reach. He will not leave me. And then when we get there, he will not forsake me. That's good news too. So do not fear nor be dismayed. Come on, if God calls you to it, he'll get you through it. Amen. Uh, Our God is different. He's different than the little G gods that you hear about. He's not a tooth in a temple. He's not a defeated God. 
you know, people say, I think it's weird that you talk to God. I, say, I said, well, I think it's, uh, they, they say, I think it's weird that you serve a God that you talk to. I said, I think it's weird to serve a God who can't talk. Right? I used to not always be a Christian. I used to be an atheist. I used to believe in all kinds of stuff and all this stuff. But I encountered him for myself. And it changed everything for me. And one thing I know about God is that he is alive and he is active. And he is a responding God. Come on, he will always respond to the cry of those whom he loves. And here's good news. He loves you. He loves you. He'll always respond according to his will and his way and his timing. But, 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 but he is faithful to always respond. But we have a part to play. And that is this, the seeking. He said, if you seek me with all your heart, with all your heart, I will be found by you. You got to seek him. He will be found. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. He is a responding God. He is a God that is full of love and full of compassion and full of mercy and full of grace. And he has gone before you and he is with you. He'll never leave nor forsake you. He is different. It says that he has many crowns. So while other kings might have two or three for a rainy day, our king has many crowns. It says that his, the train of his robe continuously filled the temple. The size of the kingdom of the king was directly correlated to the size of the train of the king's robe. So that tense in the Hebrew tells me that his train of his robe continuously filled the temple of his kingdom. There shall be no end. While other kings might have a three-foot gown. Come on, somebody. Our king's robe never ends because his kingdom never ends. His reign never ends. His supreme, his supreme nature never ends. It says that he has eyes of blazing fire representing his love for you and I. While other kings might have blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes, maybe hazel. Maybe they might be pretty like my wife's eyes. It says that our king has eyes of blazing fire. My point is this. Our king is different. Our king is different. He is great. He's gr he is greatly to be praised. He is majestic. He is all-powerful. He is all-present. He is all-knowing. He is the one that is sitting on the throne of the universe right now in his rightful place. And here's what's cool about God. It says that he will never change today, yesterday, and forevermore. He is the same. So if he was a healer in this book that we read yesterday, he is the healer today, and he'll be the healer tomorrow. Come on, if he was a way maker then, he's a way maker now. If he is a God who would never leave nor forsake you and goes before you and he'll be with you then, he is the same God today. My point is this, our God is different. He's with you. He loves you. No matter what you grew up hearing or thinking you know about God, he is a God that is full of compassion toward you. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he delights in you. He delights in you. You are his delight. You could be in a season where you don't feel like anybody's delight. But you are his. It says also that he numbered the hairs on your head. He, can't, he, he doesn't just count them. He numbers them. So when you get in your 30s like me and your hair starts running backwards, uh, he knows what number hair fell out. Come on. It says in the word, the truth. <laughs> y'all, if y'all got a good hairline and you're past 33 years old, don't talk to me. 
and talk to her. Just tell me your secrets. That's what I need to hear from you. Uh, amen. Amen. Come on, Lord. D- do what you do. Do what you do. But it says in the Bible that he also uh, thinks of you more than the, 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 the sand that's on the seashore. My point is this, is that he cares for you. He cares for you. He is able to meet you right where you are. And watch this. Not, that's just not that. That's his ability. That's his power. But his heart says, I'm willing. I'm willing. It's one thing to just say, you know, here. It's another thing to say, I want to do this. I'm willing. It's my desire. It's my delight. He delights in you. He loves you so much and ain't nothing you can do about it. Bad English, good truth. Amen. The faith to wait. Uh, I got a question. Does anybody in this room like date nights? Anybody like date nights? Come on. Every wife should have did like this to her husband. Every husband should have said amen. I like date nights. Date nights. Date nights. Uh, one of the things my wife and I uh, likes to do is watch a movie. We like movies. We like movies. All right. Anybody like movies? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We like movies. Uh, if you're single, if you're not, yeah, we just, we, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to like, to like a movie. Of course, appropriate when we only watch Y7 in our house. <laughs> only Yippee TV. No, I'm just playing. But, um, uh, we like movies, but, but here's the thing. God made us a little bit different because her style of movie and preference is a little bit different than my style. She likes suspense and comedies. And I like a little bit more like documentaries on rocks and plants and all the boring stuff. I call it sermon study, but you know, whatever, but, but we kind of meet in the middle. I don't know how, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how action movies are in the middle between rock documentaries and suspenses, uh, but we're going to say action is right there in the middle. We can land, uh, mutu- we can come to a mutual, a mutual agreement that we like action movies. I like the movies that are like those, uh, those heist movies. Anybody like those heist movies? Those, those are fun. They're, they're, they're action driven. Actually, the perfect heist movie would be they break into an art gallery within 10 minutes, they get caught. You know, that's just, I'm like, hey, scene, roll credits. Uh, um, you know, what I found out about these movies is this. They're not making movies about uh, somebody stealing like a box of Skittles from 7-Eleven. They're usually, they're usually write, write, writing these heist movies uh, based upon somebody stealing something that they cannot afford. It's beyond their means. It's beyond their financial means. So like art pieces or statues or jewelry typically go. I hate when people steal. It's not that I don't like the person. I just, I just don't like the crime. And what I learned about the enemy is this. He tries to go for things in your life that he cannot afford. It's beyond, it's beyond his means. Your joy, your peace, your hope. Your sanity, come on, somebody. Purpose, vision. He, he, he goes for those things. that He tries to steal it. Why? Because he can't afford them. Some people have told me over the years that, oh, man, I've just sold my soul to the devil. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. How do I know that? Because he can't afford you. Come on, somebody. He, he can't afford you. There's only one thing that, that, that could afford you, and that's the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. What he shed for you and I, he tries to go after things that he cannot just rightfully purchase. And I want to talk today 
essentially about having the faith to wait. So I can say a third title in this will be the faith to fight. Christianity takes a fight. I don't know if you thought you signed up for some cruise, but you signed up for a battle. Right? And I know this about life. It's much better to go through things with him than without him. It says that rain falls on the just and unjust alike. Life happens to everybody, whether we like it or not. And I've lived life without him, and I've lived life with him. Come on, he is an anchor to our soul. It's, it's good to live a life with Jesus. It's a life of victory. It's a life of freedom. I want to talk today about a man by the name of Shammah. Shammah. He was one of David's mighty men. So he was a top tier type of soldier. He was a bad man, Jim. He was a bad man. But one thing we know about Shammah is that he was a Herorite. He was a mountain dweller. He come from hill country. Come from the same place that John the Baptist came out of years later. He wasn't from a prestigious or known family, but God's still chosen his word to write a script about him that he was called a mighty man. This tells us today that God doesn't qualify us based on our ability, but he calls us based on our availability. Saying simply yes to him. We don't have to come from much to be something for God. So no, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter where you come from, known, unknown, it doesn't matter. God said, I'll use anybody, anywhere, anyhow that I want to. All I'm looking for is a yes. All I'm looking for is for you to surrender to me and I will use you in a great way. Does anybody in this room want to be used by God? Come on, isn't that the best way of life? It, it, it's to live a life of surrender unto him and he'll walk with you and lead you and guide you and empower you and you will truly experience him as a God who goes before and is with me. That's a good life. That's a full life. That is, that is a life according to purpose. That is a life according to destiny, to your assignment. Now, our purpose in life, our purpose in life is written by God because I believe before we were a person, we were a purpose. We're a purpose with a, with a name, if I could say it that way. But before all that, he wrote a plan for your life and a purpose. And purpose doesn't just automatically happen. I can't sit back and watch life go by and expect to live a life according to purpose and live a full life that's full of satisfaction and, you know, fulfillment and joy. I, I got to say yes to the plan. Purpose is a proposal. If you come up to me and say, man, I want to lose 10 pounds. I write a script, hand it to you. You can't go back and sit on your couch and call me in six weeks and be like, man, I ain't lost no weight. You haven't moved. You know what I'm saying? You have, you have to say yes to the proposal in order to see what you want to see. So the, there are good plans that are written for each and every one of us. It's a beautiful blueprint. All you got to do is say yes. Here's what's really cool. If you feel like you've missed it, there is grace to bring it back around. Come on, no matter how old you are, no matter how, come on, no, or experienced, excuse me. No matter how experienced you are, come on, where are my epics folk at in the room? 
you believe, come on, already. Y'all need to get signed up to go to this party this week. It's going to be off the chain. Uh, off the chain, off the hook, okay? Y'all still say that? I don't know. I don't know. This generation is so inconsistent with their sayings. I still say tight, you know, like it's tight. They're like, what is that? They change like every, you know, six days doing different. I'm still trying to do the whip and I'm still hill towing after, you know, every time hill towing for everything. And I'm like, what is that? It's all good. You know, okay. Just, just stick with one. Just give us time to catch up. Um, Chaney, I'm not meaning to like, just look at you and just go, she's like, she's like, I only lift my hands. That's the only dance I do. It might sway. Um, okay. Okay. What was I saying? Anyways, uh, somebody say, say yes. Come on, say yes to God, and he will take you places. Oh, what I was saying was, excuse me, no matter, no matter where you are in life right now, God can bring that thing back around to you. If you are looking for him, watch this, if you are looking for him, you will not miss him. Simple truth, but it's true. If you're looking... If you're looking for him, you will not miss him. You won't. But you've got to look for him with all your heart. You've got you, you to seek. You've you, you got to go after him with everything that you have. And if you're looking for him, you won't miss him. And you will not miss your purpose. you just got to say yes to it. Amen. He's just looking for obedience. It said that the father heard Jesus because of his devotion. There's something about being devoted. There's something about our surrender. There's something about obedience. My, my point is this. We have a part to play. All we got to do is say yes and fight. Somebody say fight. fight. Let's jump into Shama. He was one of David's mighty men, of course. He was from hill country. 2 Samuel chapter 23, let's break this down line by line, even word for word, some of it. Okay, and after him, so they're listing off all these mighty men that served in David's kingdom. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. Uh, the Philistines had gathered together, the Philistines, bad guys, Shammah, good. Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. In other words, there was some type of bean patch or bean field. So the people fled from the Philistines. So everybody ran away. Everybody ran. Matter of fact, the word in Hebrew actually means to escape. Everybody escaped. However, the next verse says, Shama stationed himself in the middle of the field. He stationed himself in the middle of the field. I want to talk about that word station. That word station means to plant your feet down, to take a stand. The first, I want to break down the anatomy of victory for you. The anatomy of victory in your life. The first decision you have to make is to take a stand. You got to take a stand. And I've lived seasons in my life and I see Christians do this all the time. They decide to lay down and let the enemy trample over them. Do you know what you carry? Do you know you have, if you're a believer, you have resurrection power on the inside of you. You have victory on the inside of you. You have, Jesus got up to show us we could get up. Amen. We go through things in life, time after time, and we have to decide to take a stand. 
to not back down from the fight because here's the good news. It's a fixed fight. <laughs> it's a fixed fight. It's a light always wins, by the way. Light always wins. Amen. When Abner and Tim and the crew in the back, when they turned on the lights this morning, we weren't sitting around with our popcorn and our jersey on saying, I wonder who's going to win. Is it the light? Is it the darkness? No, when Abner flipped on the switch, light was it simply, light came on. We're not sitting back saying, oh, uh, Jesus in the red corner and the enemy in the blue. I wonder who's going, no, it's a fixed fight. Jesus holds all victory. Therefore, we have victory because we belong to him. Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know, do you know whose you are? You belong to the king of all kings. You belong to the Lord of all lords. You belong to the perfect father who holds all power and all willingness. You belong, we belong to him. And he will watch over his word according to Isaiah that is spoken on our lives to make sure that it will perform. That's why we have to lean into the spirit of God and seek him every day saying, Lord, which direction? Is it the right or to the left? I will know by the way of the still small voice. This is the way, walk in it. That's why seeking God matters. That's why the daily surrender matters. We gotta say yes to him. So Shama decided to take a stand. Ephesians 6 and 13, beautiful verse that says this. Take up. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand again. Stand again. The Bible says the righteous, they might get knocked down, but they get up again. Life can bruise us up a little bit. Come on, any real folk in the room. Life can bruise us up. Give us a couple black eyes. But that weapon that's formed against us, it doesn't have to prosper. Here's the good news. Even if it has before, it doesn't have to any longer. You don't have to settle for that thing that you're living in. You can rise above the thing that you have been stuck in. Just because your daddy or auntie went through it don't mean you have to go through Just Just because it's been in your generational bloodline doesn't mean it has to. When you give your life to Jesus, you got a new blood running through your veins. It's the blood of victory, the blood of re redemption. It's the blood of freedom. You don't, it's not just your lot in life. You don't have to go through that. I've been through so many things. And, you know, I, I'll even have conversation with people in my family. And it's like, oh, it's, just in our, it's just in our genes. Nah, bro. I get it. And I might have certain inclinations towards certain things, whatever we might. But... I'm made new. And I'm going to walk in that. Amen? Shama decided to take a stand, you might say, over some beans. It wasn't what it was. It was whose it was. It, 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 it wasn't that it was some, some, some you know, little great value beans. It, 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 it was, I ain't hating on that, but it was about whose it was, it, it, it was his because God gave it to him. It might not have looked like much to somebody else, but just because it doesn't look like much doesn't mean it's not valuable to you. Young people, your purity might not look like much to somebody, but it's yours. You better fight for it. You better say no. 
because you've said yes already. Come on, somebody, to Jesus. If uh, your joy, your sanity, ooh, your peace of mind might not look like much to Facebook, but baby, sometimes you got to shut that thing down. Turn off the news. Come on, it's one thing to be updated. It's another thing for them updates to be updating your spirit. I mean, uh, you got to say no to certain things and cut certain things out of your life. I think about the story of Jonah. The sailors, uh, you know, the sailors, they allowed Jonah to get on the ship. Jonah was a prophet of God. I'm not trying to hate on Jonah, and unfortunately, I'm going to use him in a negative way in this text, but Jonah, he ran from the presence of God and got on the boat to go to Tarshish when he was called to go to Nineveh. Have you ever been there before? You know the clear path, but you run from the presence of God. I, I have. He jumped on the ship, and we always preach it, that Jonah was going the wrong way, but we don't approach it that the sailors were going the right way. They were going to their destination. They were going to Tarshish where they, their GPS was taking them all along. And what the sailors did was they began to throw their precious cargo overboard to keep Jonah on board. Things that they needed to get to the other side when they could have just thrown Jonah overboard to begin with. And the so storm wouldn't have come that way. I think about how many times, if I could preach it this way, follow me for a second. I think about how many times I have allowed Jonah to overstay his welcome. And God had to send a great wind. I call it a grace wind. He had to send a great wind my way to break up that ship in my life. Things I needed to get to my purpose, my assignment, my destination, my destiny, my peace, my joy, my hope, my freedom. Can I tell you that if, 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 if you're in this room today or if you're watching online, those elements that are essential to life belong to you. I, I want you to know that. They belong to you. I'll repeat it for the 12th time. Your hope, your joy, your peace, your sanity, your purity, purpose, it belongs to you. Why? Because he gave it to you. But you have to decide to fight for it, to take a stand and not lay down any longer. That's why it's important to surround yourself with godly community and encouragement. That's why it's important we're in the house today together. That's why it's important to sign up for a group. That's why it's important to go to the Christmas banquet this Friday. So come on. To surround yourself with godly community to encourage you. And the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. What well, iron can't touch iron without a little friction. It, 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 can't, it, it can't sharpen iron without the two touching. We got to get around people. Come on, touch flesh through relationship versus just touching glass all the time. We're meant to be connected uh, with one another. We're better together. That's how we were made. We're designed to collaborate. We're created to collab. That's, that's, that's how God set it up for us to operate in family. So we got to stand. Somebody say stand. stand. It is a fixed fight. Number two, it says that he stationed himself in the middle of the field and he defended it. Somebody say defended. Stand. This word in the Hebrew actually means to snatch away. Oh, there's so much in that. To snatch away. So this tells me for just a moment, it might have looked like the enemy won the first quarter. 
But you gotta go into the second. You gotta go into that third. Where my football people at? You gotta go into it. Well, realizing that just because he might have that thing for a moment, you gotta snatch it away. Why? Because he's not just gonna give it back to you. Hey, Tyler, I've had enough fun with your joy. Here you go. I gotta walk up to that thing. It might feel like a tug of war, but let me tell you, victory is guaranteed with Jesus. Don't try to do it in your own strength, not by your own might. Come on, not, not, what's the Bible say? Zechariah four and six, not by might nor by strength, not by individual strength or even collective strength. It's by the spirit of God that those strengths are empowered. All right, so we gotta go up to him and snatch that thing back. You gotta decide that, 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 that because God gave it to you, you're going to possess that thing. Do not give it away. Do not give it away. Number two is to snatch away. You got to decide to fight. I went through a lot of stuff mentally a couple years back. I thought it was going to take me out. Uh, I, I wasn't feeling joy anymore. wasn't feeling peaceful. I was feeling like I've lost a sense of purpose, direction. It was just a weird fog. I, I had to, you know, reach out to pastors and counsel in my life and to be honest with a godly community around me to kind of walk me through it. Uh, but I knew one thing going into it. Although I, I felt like giving up sometimes, there was, there, was, there, there was a fight in me. There was something in me that said, just swing again. Just go for it again. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to strike out without swinging. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. I'm going to fight, right? Fight or flight, I'm all fight. All right, so some of us, we need to step into that pursuit uh, and resolve in our lives that, hey, just because I might have lost it for a moment or seemingly lost it, you can get it back. And Grace is in this room this morning to do just that. We can get it back. Somebody say, take it back. Take it back. Number three. So he defended it. In other words, he snatched it away. Uh, and then number three, it said that he killed the Philistines. That word killed in the Hebrew actually means to beat until dead. To beat until dead. So this implies sometimes it takes a little time. Oh, we don't like that. Come on, North Dallas. We don't like that. We don't like to wait on nothing. Sometimes it takes a little time. Do we believe that God does it in the moment? Absolutely. We believe in the altar here. Old school, we would say we're altered at the altar. We get encountered. We encounter him in that moment. But we don't talk much. We do here. But we don't talk much generally in church about stewarding freedom. Oh, come on, there are some things you might need to cut out of your life. You might need to cut that person out, that relationship, friendship, fellowship, whatever ship, cut the ship out. I didn't mean to make it sound like I was about to cuss. That's just how it came out. Like legit, I did not mean to set it up that way. I don't, I don't, I don't speak that way, but <laughs> cut those things out of your life. Okay. Sometimes you're just better without it, at least for a little bit. There might be some things that maybe they're not, maybe they're not bad. Maybe they're good things. They just might not be God things in this season. 
for a little while, you might need to just develop some muscle and not go to that place. When I was an atheist and I encountered the Lord and changed my life forever, there were some places that I just couldn't go anymore. Some people I couldn't call. Ooh, am I getting real? Am I getting in your business too much this morning? Come on, either, come on, we want this thing or we don't. We got to draw a line. We got to fight. Sometimes it takes, sometimes, especially those of us in the room who, who if a little wind of culture pushes, over us, pushes us over the edge, it might be good to back up just a little bit, a few feet. You got to know yourself. Know yourself to grow yourself, amen. So, <clears throat> beats until dead. So number three is slay. Slay. Somebody say slay. Say slay, girl. Number three, slay. So he didn't give up. He didn't give up. Galatians chapter six, verse nine says, let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due season or just the right God-appointed time. You will reap a harvest if you don't give up. We can't give up. If you have in some area, today's your day to get your fight back. Make a decision. Get your fight back. Faith, faith necessitates activity. Faith, I should be able, or those around you, should be able to see your faith in motion. Faith has action. Faith sometimes has a sound. Faith sometimes, the pursuit of faith, it takes sacrifice. Sometimes it takes early morning prayer times. Sometimes it takes, come on, pulling over in the parking lot and just weeping before. Sometimes it takes staying at home on Friday night just to seek the face of God. Sometimes it takes sowing a sacrificial seed. Sometimes it takes the risk of stepping out into a, in, into a godly community uh, when, when you've been hurt before. But, but faith has action. We should be able to see faith. Faith without works is dead. It's void. It's empty. So we need to Make up our minds to slay. Uh, the Bible says that we are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You ever heard that before? You're more than a conqueror. I ask the question. I say, Lord, sometimes I go through things in life and I just want to conquer. Like, I'll just settle for that. Like, I don't need to be more than a conqueror. I'll just like, I just want to win. I just want to get through. You ever just pray the prayer, Lord, sustain me? Come on, somebody. Sustain, come on, sustain my mouth from saying what I feel like saying. Sustain me. It's a powerful prayer, but the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. You know what that means contextually? It means this, that what was sent to kill you will serve you. Ooh. What was sent to slay you will serve you. In other words, that depression that came your way to take you out, it will now serve you and be part of your testimony. The Bible says that we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, that, that, that anxiety, that struggle, that addiction, on, this is real stuff that was sent to kill you and take you out of purpose and sometimes even try to take you out of life. Because you run without purpose long enough, you start thinking some crazy things. It's real. But that thing will be used for your good and for the glory of God. That's what it goes back, back to. 
glorifying him, his goodness, his grace, his mercy. It wasn't until Moses threw his staff down when God said, Moses, throw down your staff, that it went in the text from the staff of Moses to the staff of God. Because he didn't just throw his staff down. If you know old shepherds of the time, they, they, they would scribe in part of their story on their staff. So when God said, Moses, I need you to throw down your staff, he said, I need you to throw down your story. I need you to submit it to me. Man, if you give me your story, I'll use it, come on, for my glory. We, we, we have to be witnesses of the goodness and the mercy and the love of God. Slay. It reminds me of when David, if I could get my, this sword over here that's almost taller than me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm reminded, man, this thing is heavy for real. I'm reminded of David when he ran out to fight Goliath. He was a young teenage boy. You know, he had the cry. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a why? If your why is great enough, you'll be willing to do any what? Is there not a cause? Everybody's laughing at him, mocking him, scared. You know, quivering in their boots. But David said, no, nah, there's a cause it's for the people on the other side of this defeat. That was his mission. His vision was Goliath going down. He ran out, pulled out one of the stones out of the five and knocks Goliath down. Some of us know the story. But David understood that there are times in life when it's not good enough to just knock your giant down if you're not sure if it's dead. So what does David do? He runs up to Goliath. He pulls out Goliath's sword from his sheath. And what you do? Cuts his head off. He made sure he was dead. He beat, come on, he beat until dead. The very sword that was sent to slay David now served David. That's contextually what it means to be more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You know that? You are. Whatever you're going through right now, God's going to use it. He'll turn it around. Oh, he's the turnaround God. We sang it this morning. Come on, we, can't, we can't just sing it if we don't believe it. He'll turn that thing around in your life and use it for your good and his glory. That's a promise in the word of God. Whatever you're going through, whatever, come on, whatever Philistine army you're facing this morning, you can walk out victorious if you just know how to wait on God. Wait, wait, wait on God. What does wait mean? Does it mean that I'm sitting back on my couch and passively waiting for God just to do something? No, it's an active type of waiting. Waiting in the Hebrew text means to wait with an eager expectation to not just believe in that he will, but that, or sorry, not, not, ju not just believe in that he can, but that he will. That's what it means to wait on God. It actually means to get your stuff together because something's about to change. Right now, if I started, if I turned this iPad off and I put this back over to the side and I put my phone in my pocket, you know, let's say I had a little bag up here and I zipped it up, I would communicate to you without communicating to you that I'm getting ready to walk off this platform. I've got my stuff together. Actually, that word wait is the Hebrew word kava, 
which, me, which means it, it, it paints a picture of like a binding and braiding and twisting. In other words, like a zipping of the bag. I'm, I'm getting my stuff together. If I went to the airport today and I was sitting there uh, inside my gates and, and my stuff was spread out everywhere, I'm not ready to get on the plane to go to my destination. Some of us are living so frustrated and discontented with God uh, in so many seasons of our life when we are just being inactive. To wait on God means, God, I'm going to work while I wait. I'm going to pray while I wait. I'm going to fight while I wait. I'm going to, come on, I'm going to serve the house while I wait. I'm going to worship while I wait. I acknowledge that worship has nothing to do with the way that I feel and everything to do with who you are. We worship because he's worthy. We worship because... He's, he, he, he's worthy of everything in my life. I, it's an active type of waiting. I'm not going to sit around and just watch life pass me by. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get closer to God. I'm going to, come on, I'm going to continue to seek him with all my heart. I'm not going to go down in this thing. I'm going to continue to trust in the ability and the willingness and the timing of God. Amen? If we trust that he can and that he will, we need to trust that when he does it, it's according to his will. I know this, though, about waiting on God. Uh, Brother Kevin was talking about it a couple weeks back, about the timing of God. And it, I found this out about waiting is if you, you, if you wait right, you don't have to wait long. Most of the time, you probably won't have to wait long if you just wait. It's not that you wait, it's how you wait. And we got to have faith to wait. So we fight while we wait. I want to talk about some different things on how to, different ways to fight. Different ways to fight. Before that, I want to lay out my last point. The last verse in the text says, the Lord brought about a great victory. The Lord did it. The Lord did it. I thought we just uh, saw Shama fight. Yeah, but it, it was the Lord's power. The Lord did it. But it was by Shama's hand. Watch this. It's our surrender, but his strength. You catch that? It's our surrender, but it's his strength. It's our obedience, but it's his power. My point is we have a part to play. All right? There's some responsibility and accountability that we must take. It's our step, but it's his victory. Ain't it true? So the Lord brought about a great victory. Let's jump very quickly, and I'm almost done. Very quickly, let's jump to 1 Chronicles chapter 14 together. This is a story about David on the same thought that we've been in for the last couple minutes. Now, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, the Philistines went up to search for David. By the way, when the enemy knows that you're anointed, he's going to send attacks. So it might not be that you're doing something wrong. It might be you're doing something right. Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went out against them. So he went out to fight them. Next verse. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim, or the valley of giants, or the valley of trouble. And David inquired of God. He got before God and said, hey, sh should I go out and fight these Philistines Watch this. Will you deliver them into my hand? Will you do it, but by my hand? Okay. 
The Lord said to them, go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. Next verse. So they went up to Belperazim. Woo, what a word right there. The God who breaks out. The God who breaks through. You know, he breaks out to break us out. He doesn't he don't do it just to show off his power. He breaks out in a service like this. He, he lets his glory be sensed and felt and known, his manifest presence, to break us out of whatever we're stuck in. He wants us free. So he breaks out for a purpose, and that's to break us out. There's more revelation in that uh, with the language, etc., about praise and breakthrough and how praise is breakthrough's daddy. All right, that's a whole nother word. Okay, God has broken through, watch this. God has broken through my enemies by my hand. God has broken through. Point one, God has broken through. He's broken through my enemies by my hand. So there's a collaboration. There's a step and there's given victory. There's obedience and surrender and there is freedom. Okay, God has broken through by my hand, like a breakthrough of water, therefore they call to that, they call the name of that place Bel Perazim, which means the God who bursts out of God, who breaks out of the God who breaks through. He, that place was renamed because God showed up. I wonder how many areas of our life God wants to come on, rebrand, if we just let him step in. A few practical ways that I want to give us this morning on how to obtain victory is this. Number one, surrender. Surrender. Each and every day surrendering, saying, God, I belong to you. What a powerful statement and a powerful declaration that could change you and your whole family's life. Every day, God, I belong to you. Number two, obedience. Not just saying I belong to you, but it's saying I'll obey whatever you say. Whatever you say, Lord, I'll say yes. I'll do it. Go here, do this, say this, start this, stop this, say hello to this, goodbye to another. Whatever it is, I will say yes. Whatever you say. Number three, discipline. Because when motivation runs out, we gotta be disciplined. When Pastor Josh, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jen, when they're done ministering and preaching, when Sunday's over on Monday morning, beyond motivation, do we have discipline to go after him every day, which leads me to number four, seeking his presence every single day, praying and worshiping and drawing near to him. He wants relationship with us. So victory is found in surrender, obedience, discipline, doing what you know is right, and four, seeking his presence every single day. Victory is not found in, however, one, pride and preferences. Because where your preference reigns supreme, God's presence cannot reside. Ooh. Pride and preferences. Number two, complacency. Victory is not found in complacency. I'm preaching to myself as well. Victory is not found in complacency. Doing nothing, being apathetic, being just comfortable as we are. Number three, victory is not found in inactivity, and laziness, and laziness. King Solomon actually would say, in one of the translations, it said, you lazy fool. Gotta know King Solomon was a little ghetto. Inactivity and laziness. 
And number four, victory is not found in complaining. Ooh, that's a whole nother word, whole nother time. We are the worst at complaining, man. We complain about everything, right? To this, to that, to this, not enough this. It's all good. It's all good. Victory is not found in pride and preferences. It's not found in complacency. It's not found in inactivity and laziness. It's not found in complaining. What I'm praying for this morning and what I sense in the place of prayer, I'm I'm wrapping up right here, is that today is the day. Today is the day that we're going to get our fight back. We're going to get our fight back. Some of us today are going to say yes to stepping back up to the fight to get back our joy and our peace and our hope. Has your fight ever grown weary? I just see an injection, come on, if I could say it this way, of the Spirit of God, of courage in us today to step up and fight as he has called us to fight. You don't have, let me talk to you. You don't have to lay low. You don't have to live weak and defeated. You can be the father that you dream of being. You can be the mom, spiritually, physically, you dream of being. You can be the friend, you can be the the leader, the lover of people. You can be all that God has called you to be, period. We just have to step and watch God be faithful to respond. Oh, he is so faithful. Revelation 19 calls him faithful and true. It's just who he is. He doesn't just do like faithful things. He is faithful. He's faithful. It's his nature. Whatever you might have walked in with today, I believe we can encounter God right where we are in this room and our whole life can change. The trajectory of your life can be completely recalibrated by a simple yes this morning. We got to stand. We got to snatch it back. Come on, we got to slay all day. Amen. Let's stand together this morning, this afternoon, whatever time you might be watching, uh, wherever you're watching it from online. He is faithful. Would you open up your hands like you're receiving a gift? He is the God who is presence. He is the God who is close. He is the God who will never leave nor forsake us. He's a God that's full of love, not wrath toward us. He's a God that, 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 that wants to be in relationship. And the name that we declare, the name that we sing about today is the name that is above every other name. Some of us know some of these truths about him, but he is the God who provides, the God who sees. He is the God who heals. He is the God who is there. He's the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the rock that is higher than I, our soon coming king, the alpha, the omega, the Aleph and the Tav, he is the God who is with us and loves us and is ever present in our time of need. He's ever present. 
All we have to do is take a step and watch God give us the victory.